0: Welcome to Roundhouse Roulette, a Walker Texas Ranger podcast. Thanks for joining us as we recap and review one of the 200 existing Walker Texas Ranger episodes, randomly selected by Roundhouse Roulette. I'm Evan Dalton, here with my brother Adam. What's going on? And uh, our fellow raver, Mr. Bob Leahy.
1: Boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'd like to thank you all for joining us as we watch Chuck Norris's expose on the dangers of clubbing. And today we'll be recapping and reviewing season five, episode eight, A Silent Cry, where Walker races against the clock to stop a group of sleazy guys from drugging women at clubs. But before we put on our rave gear, grab some hair gel and glow sticks, and head on down to Club Red Jacket, join us as we celebrate Adam's 21st birthday at CD's Bar & Grill. And uh, this week we have a special offering, which is a very fancy-looking can called the Chief of Chiefs Double Dry Hopped Double IPA from uh, our friends at Bearded Iris Brewing Company in Nashville. Being that I waited 21 years for this moment,
2: I'm glad that it's it's a double beer.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, we know that you've been waiting for this moment, so we just want to make sure that it's working out for you. Well, it's written about this beer that uh, it's here to see and to conquer. Again, Citra, Mosaic, and Simcoe meet in this double dry hopped battle royale we call Chief of Chiefs. I don't know if I'm I'm ready for a battle royale in my mouth. Look, man, we can always just whip you up like a Shirley Temple. This thing looks pretty hazy. I'm smelling some serious citrus.
1: Yeah. Ooh, hello.
0: It smells pretty good. Whew. Chief of Chiefs.
1: Chief of Chiefs. Mm.
0: Congratulations, Adam. That's your first alcoholic drink now that you're 21. I'm just so
2: glad there's not 47 podcast episodes of me drinking before I turn 21. So Yeah,
0: sure. Of course. Um, well, you know, guys, I say we leave our beers on the table just so that, you know, everyone knows that this is our spot. And we go down to the dance floor and just bust some moves while checking out the mailbag. What do you guys think? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, and no need to have anybody watch the drinks. And Bob, you and I,
2: we're just going to go hang out somewhere. We're going to ignore Adam, okay?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes We're sense. We're going to forget he exists.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Awesome. Well, I don't really care if you do that as long as uh, you guys are um, getting down to the new track from this band, the Tennessee Warblers, that just came out. Who are these people? Never heard of them. Well, uh, yeah, that's what I've been busy doing. Uh, my band, the Tennessee Warblers, re released a single on all digital media platforms. Uh, the song is called Evangeline. And um, it was recorded the same sessions that we recorded the theme song for this podcast, believe it or not. Just coming out now? It's out, man. We we released it uh, this month. Wherever you get your digital music, man. Yeah, if you're interested in that kind of thing, uh, the Tennessee Warblers, Evangeline. Cool. Well, check that sweet twang out. I mean, I'm not the only person releasing music now. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Walker, Texas Rangers, Nia Peoples has uh, released a new track here to bring awareness to a charity of sorts. Uh, let's check this out. So she's put out the single, um, apparently with Tommy Coster, the keyboard player from Santana. What? Uh, they do a, a rendition of I Will Survive, and they're bringing awareness to a charity that um, helps service the needs of transplant patients uh, called Ava's Heart. So, we'll be sharing this video as well as the Avis Hart information uh, on the episode page this week and on the socials. So,
0: check it out. Um, But it's a cool, slowed down version of I Will Survive. This is a bizarre crossover, though, for sure. I mean, Tom Coster plays the most nasty pitch bender solos on mid 70s Santana records. So, props. Evan got into his passion for
2: Santana's 80s albums that nobody likes. Oh, 70s, man. 80s is rough. Okay. Well, dude, you promised our listeners to come up with your top five Santana records, and
0: you have yet to do that. I'm waiting for somebody, somebody out there to post a comment on the page for the episode Mustangs. At roundhouseroulette.com, right? Yep. Please put a comment on the webpage, mostly because we're not sure it even works, and how it would work. <laughs> so, I would like to see a comment on there asking for the Santana rankings. Right, because currently it just says TB
2: determined for all five spots. And it sounds like nobody cares. I think that's probably the case. But if you do care, please let us know. I've had a problem with checking eBay for Walker, Texas Ranger, and Chuck Norris stuff. This is something I saw last week that I thought we needed to talk about. Can you can you pull this up? Oh, fantastic. You found
1: an eBay <laughs> listing... The description is Sony blank six-hour tape. And in parentheses, this is Forest Warrior Chuck Norris VG+. plus. I don't know what VG plus is, but...
2: Very good. So it's in good condition. Yes. <laughs> You've been on eBay too much. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> Zero bits. Come on now. So let's unpack this here. This is a blank VHS. Someone taped Forest Warrior onto this, and now they're like... This is a blank cassette that you can either watch Forest Warrior or, in the title, it says reusable, so you can record over it if you don't want Forest Warrior. They're using Forest Warrior as a selling point for a used VHS.
1: The question is, did they record it at standard play, which on this tape would only give it two hours and take up most of the Mm -hmm. tape? Or did they record it at like extended play, which gives the full six hours? But much yeah. worse quality. Bad tracking that's, issues. That's a technical yeah. question, Bob. It is. And I think I should ask. You should. So. <laughs> uh, please, <laughs> type <laughs> please, please, it right now. Please yeah, do. Bob. Please do. Yeah, yeah. Do it right
0: now. <laughs> I think the best part is that this product somehow has reviews. Even though this item is one of a kind. It's truly one of a kind. But people seem to be reviewing just the film itself. Someone gives it a four-star review. The review is titled, Forest Warrior. Forest Warrior. Good. It says, this was a pretty good movie. It just sort of throws you off because you're not used to Chuck Norris playing a role like this. But all in all, it was a good film. I'm glad I purchased it, and I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah, you can actually buy a VHS
2: copy of Forest Warrior for the price of this. Um,
0: (laughs) But, you know. Does that include shipping, though?
1: I don't know. These are things we need to consider, I guess. Yeah, good point. I mean, one of you guys has to buy this
2: no. No way. The starting bid's at 199. You get it for 199. Shipping's 345. You're out for under six bucks. Yeah, I'm gonna buy the original, sorry. Yep. Yeah. But then you won't have extra time to record.
1: That's a good point. Damn it. <sighs> Did you message him? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Do it now. Alright, contact seller. Dear seller. I would like to know how much more material I could record.
2: No, 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 no. don't say that because that's going to be your reply. You just want to ask the question.
1: Any remaining space? (laughs) Thanks in advance. No, 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 no. 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 Warmest regards. (laughs) (laughs) Sent.
2: Awesome. Well, Well, We'll have to check back on that listing. We got some feedback on our episode, Division Street, uh, which starred a one Hulk Hogan as uh, a do-gooding ex-con. And um, Danilo uh, lamented the fact that there were no fight scenes in that episode. And um, yeah, he, he would be right. There was just a kind of a, a skirmish with um, Gage, Sydney, and Trivette. But Walker didn't fight at all in that episode that episode so we uh, shared one of your gifts of the week Evan and uh, it was of the gang of like toddlers um, <laughs> kind of walking around menacingly in Jinko shorts we said uh, when your gang can only briskly walk due to the wind resistance of your Jinko Jean shorts so in posting all this stuff and hashtagging Jinko jeans I came across of what appears to be oh wow Hulk Hogan. In Jinkos, But it's got me questioning it. It looks like it might be a Hulk Hogan impersonator. And I I, I have a picture of Hulk Hogan up here, the real Hulk Hogan, wearing a Hulkamania t-shirt to compare. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, that's a WCW Hulk. That's like late 90s. So you think that's real? The period is correct. Mm, I think back then,
0: who would be impersonating him?
1: That's definitely him.
0: That's definitely him.
1: Check out the guns on him, dude. That's definitely him. I don't know.
0: That belt is a little... It's a little tight.
2: Just saying, we saw Hulk Hogan in the Walker episode, and he was a tank,
1: dude. <laughs> that's true. But look at the neck on this one; he's still got the neck. He's standing You're focusing next to a, on the waist.
2: No, no, he's standing next to a child, and he looks
0: proportional. That's wrong. If that's his kid, though, his kid's probably larger than the <laughs> average kid. So, that's yeah,
1: that's good point.
0: Good point. Okay, can we break down what the Hulk is wearing? He's wearing Junko pants with a, like, Western cowboy belt with the silver accents. He's then wearing a black t-shirt that says Caged and Captured or something. (laughs) He's wearing his trademark do-rag. He's got his bleach blonde handlebar mustache. And he's wearing uh, Oakleys with white frames. Anyways, if someone were trying to look like him, why would they dress like that? Also, is that a cell phone clipped to his pocket oh, I really with the antenna? So. Like oh, a Motorola yeah. StarTAC? It like StarTAC,
1: yep. Solid. <laughs> He's got a black leather fanny pack on oh, as oh, well. Oh, you're,
0: you're, so, you're so right. <laughs> he is
1: breaking all sorts of rules with this. First of all, you don't tuck in anything into Jenkos, right? Yeah. They're not yeah. Meant, you don't tuck anything in. You don't wear a belt. You let them hang down.
0: Yeah, Hulk, the Hulkinator is in full dad mode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. well, he's got New Balance on has Yeah, he's got,
0: he's got uncoordinated <laughs> uncoordinated Oakleys, clipped on cell phone belt clip, and a fanny pack. Yeah, why don't you put the cell phone in the fanny pack?
2: That's what it's there
1: for. Fanny pack is filled with cigarettes, all right? That's <laughs> all you put in there. You put, your, you put your smokes in there, your lighter, maybe your keys.
2: You know, you've convinced me it is him
0: because an impersonator would not wear this outfit. All right, well we've got a lot to cover this week, uh, so let's get on into it. If you're watching along at home and don't want any spoilers, hit that pause button and watch Season 5, Episode 8, A Silent Cry. And then come right on back to us. Welcome back. Let's dig into this beast. This episode originally aired on uh, November 9th, 1996, so it's kind of like a thanksgiving episode here. And um it opens on a jovial birthday party scene. Sure does Evan. <laughs> there's an establishing <laughs> shot of like a
2: pink trailer. Then we see inside and there's a young girl and and her mother um celebrating like about to blow out the candles on a 21st birthday cake and sitting there along with them
1: is seemingly for no reason i mean <laughs> is her no dad walker you know yeah, it's exactly. walker with his uh,
0: with his other wife and uh, and daughter in his secret <laughs> life exactly <laughs> exactly yeah they kind of are like oh
2: blow out the candles and and the girl darcy blows out the candles on her cake and she's like oh well Thank you for celebrating my birthday with me, but I got to go because I'm going to meet my friends to go to uh, a club tonight because I'm 21 finally and I can go to the nightclub. And so she jets off and she kind of leaves Walker with her mother alone in this pink trailer. And you're like, what is Walker's relationship to this woman? Please spell it out. Please spell it out. The
0: tension keeps building. And then then Walker's like, hey, Cora, when are you going to get married? She's like, well, I'm never going to find another man like my previous husband. And uh, this is when we find out that her husband was a lawman. And say no more. Lawman widow. Hashtag old friend. Yep. And she goes, when are you going to marry
2: Alex? And she kind of turns it on him. And at that point, we're like, okay, this is on
0: the up and up. This isn't anything unsavory for Walker. In fact, it's quite sweet as he shoves a mouthful of cake into his face and says, I bleed the fifth. Then we go off to this nightclub that, you know, she's 21. She's meeting up with her friends. It is Club Red Jacket. And let me tell you, this club has been Rick Rolled.
1: I really thought it was Rick Astley. (laughs) I was like, is this a Rick Astley song I've never heard? Because there's only one that I have heard. I bet he has more.
0: Yeah. God, the establishing shot of this club is (laughs) epic beyond belief. That will be our gift of the week, no doubt. That <laughs> yeah. that has to be it. So check that beast out because the red jacket is jumping and thumping. You know, it's got the spotlights. It's got dudes with way too much hair gel, a bunch of ladies with the Rachel haircut. Uh, but so we
2: pan into this club and Darcy and her, her two friends, they get a table, you know, that looks down on the dance floor and they order a few drinks as you do. I mean,
0: you're 21 and... Uh, three older gentlemen wander into the bar and start shaking down the uh, skeezy bouncer and being like, "Yeah, man, we got to get the stuff. We got to get the stuff." And initially, it seems like they're just trying to buy drugs off him. Seems like coke, right? right. Something
1: harmless like coke. Is you, sure, <laughs> yeah. And as right. soon as they <laughs> as soon
0: as they get the um, the drugs from him and he walks away, they're like. Oh man, love them roofies. <laughs> what? Oh no, no, no! You're like you're like what? Then these three guys who are like, oh man, this is amazing. Now the hunt is on,
1: and then they start like looking around, and it's like the club owner says when after he gives them the roofies, he goes, "Happy hunting, boys."
0: Yeah, I know. What the hell? Yeah, oh, and
1: then gross, he dude. nods to Darcy's table,
0: like, "Yeah, look at them." Yeah, and they they take the hint. Hook, line, and sinker. And that's not the only fish analogy here. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Because one of the guys says to the other guy after they see Darcy's table, they're like, Man, you're like a big old hammerhead sliding in for the kill. Oh,
1: so gross.
0: So they've clearly rehearsed this dance uh, many a time. And One of the girls already is off dancing. One of the creepy guys slides in, distracts the other one. The second guy comes in and takes Darcy out dancing. And this is when the leader of the uh, Skis Masters, whose name is Wade, classic. And Wade is—I don't know how to describe him. He looks like, um, like a brown-haired, neutered carrot top, maybe. Hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Actually, you know what? If Alexi LaLa shaved off his beard, that yeah. might, be, might be.
1: He kind of reminds me of you know who TJ Miller is, a comedian who's was in the, is in Silicon Valley.
0: He got in trouble for some yeah, stuff yeah, like this yeah. too.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yep. Okay. That's a that's a a uh, more timely uh, reference, perhaps. Mine were references that were relevant at the time of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Fred that's Astaire's it. Butler. <laughs> Hey, whatever, man. So anyways, Wade, he moves in for the kill, and he slides up to the table, which is unoccupied, all three drinks there. Trying to be as inconspicuous as possible, but in the process of doing so, uh, taking as much time as possible and being as laborious as possible and obvious as possible. He cracks open one of these pills, pours it on top of Darcy's drink, and then stirs it with his finger. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And, uh, you know, after Darcy's dance, uh, she comes back to the table, takes, I think, one sip, and she is completely
1: out. Yeah, she's disoriented, can't see straight. And then, of course, the guy comes back and is like, oh, we better get you outside, get you some air.
2: And mind you, we're still in the cold open here,
0: right? Yes. Oh, yeah. And they load her into this. It's a rape van. Yeah, it's it's this giant skis ball van. Yeah, suffice it to say, um, she has taken into the van these sleaze buckets, have their way with her, and then dump her on the curb, and then it cuts to the opening. As it cuts to that, where <laughs> the three of us are all wondering... Ugh, do we really have to talk about this in a podcast? This yeah. is rough. Oh no! Yeah. no, no <laughs> just rough. No,
2: no, no.
0: So after the cold open, we go to our well-known hospital, and Darcy is clearly going through the uh, stages of grief and having a rough go of it. And she's just talking with her mother about very personal things, and Walker is just standing there. Initially, when they had the shot, it was on her, or her mother, and I'm like. Please don't tell
2: me Walker's there, too. And then it pans to the door, and he, he was there. Oh, yeah, he's there, yeah.
1: You know what he's doing, though? He's threading the line between police officer and family friend, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's there for support, but he's also there to get some details, because he is not happy.
0: Yeah, so he's he promises justice, as Texas Rangers pretty much do 90% of the time, and goes back to Ranger headquarters and Alex is there and she wants updates too, but Trevet's saying, you know, they collected DNA from these guys, which, you know, nowadays would pretty much throw you in the slammer immediately.
1: Right. Oh yeah. I forgot about that.
0: Yep. And, <laughs> and he mentions Rohypnol and uh, Alex does a little bit of uh, exposition here, explaining what Rohypnol is to the audience. A
1: little bit of a PSA. Yeah, that's good. Hmm.
0: And I believe they also say that's why they call it the date rape drug.
1: I'll give them credit for that. I mean, they're kind of educating some of the audience members.
0: I will say here that I think uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, in many ways, is um, the exposition many grandparents needed. This was how grandparents okay. got their news. Yeah. So they're like, <laughs> okay. they're like, interesting. oh, funny. this is actually a thing. I should warn my grandchildren about this. So, uh, you know, Walker's pretty pissed at this point and he's like, okay, I got to get to the bottom of this. Cause this is like, uh, it's this an established pattern. So unfortunately all, what it takes is for a family friend to fall within this spree. And he's all like, okay, now it's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now this time it's personal. And oh, so no. he goes, he goes on down to club red jacket and, uh, he's asking around, and uh, this is shakedown number one in the episode so he comes in and he's all like you know i need to know all about this and uh the owner of the club is eating a hamburger and it's a classic walker shows a picture of a young lady to someone to identify and they're like that looks like a pretty fine piece to me and then walker like gets pissed and then tells him that it's business, that he means business, and sort of scares the dude. Yeah, he's like, she was raped last night, and the guy changes his tune. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I don't know anything about it. You know, and Walker's like, you better not, because if you do, I'll be back here, and you'll be in big trouble. And Shakedown number one ends, and... Uh, He's kind of scared straight a bit. He's scared straight because this is the guy that sold the roofies to the three rapists.
2: And he knows that these guys are the ones that did it. But he's holding out information on the Texas Rangers. And Walker had a few solid one-liners telling him, oh, you have no idea what's coming if I have to come back here again.
1: He also did say, uh, listen, you.
0: <laughs> oh, He did. Yeah, that was really weird. That was a really good awkward. call. Good call. So yeah, the next night, uh, or that night, the uh, the three rapists come back in, and they're all like, yeah, man, let's get some more of these roofies, and the guy's like, I'll sell to you guys, but uh, you gotta go somewhere else from now on, because... Because I have morals uh, now. Yeah, I have morals, so go to these other clubs, because I don't want your baggage. And they're like, okay, man, all right, fine, like, we're
1: pissed, but... I guess we'll go. First, he reads him the riot act about, you know, he's getting heat from the police. And then before they leave, they're like, well, can we score? And he's like, <laughs> you guys, you guys. <laughs> know, All right, here you I go. Know. Here you go. You can rap scallions. Get out of here. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> you, you thought
0: like, oh, he was like, oh, I made a mistake. But he's like,
1: right. still, right. he still sells them the drugs.
0: All right. So the boys go off and, um, you know, they go to another club and- uh, do their thing which is not great. Meanwhile, Alex is doing typical Alex things, which is uh forcing someone who would be considered a survivor to a support group uh against their will. Like she's now forcing Darcy to go to a a rape support group basically, even though Alex is very involved with the rape support group but not a survivor herself. Not that that precludes her from being a member of the group or for helping with the group, but it kind of is like, why are you forcing this person into something they don't want? She's kind of like,
2: in order for you to get better, you need to talk to other survivors about your
0: experience because you need to know that you're not alone. Right. And she's probably absolutely right. That said, like... Give her 24 hours before forcing her to go. Uh, so the support route uh, does not go particularly well, and Darcy runs out. And uh, this is when we get to see, you know, Walker and Trivette really hit the pavement, you know, really get their detective on. And they decide they're going to start interviewing victims of what is now being called the blackout rapist. And their first victim they interview is Darcy, 48 hours after she she's <sighs> been raped. Terrible. And, you know, they try to get some sort of information from her. And Trevette's like, hey, you know, you were dancing with some guy. Could I do a sketch for you? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, Trevette works his super awesome MS
1: Paint skills. (laughs) Let me fire up MS Paint real quick. Hold on. Takes about 10 minutes.
2: (laughs) She's kind of having, like, these, like, flashbacks to the horrible moment when it all happened. And she's, like, describing the guy's face. And uh, she's like, oh no, he was smiling. And then the screen like just snaps to this like,
0: <laughs> you know, uh, like a orange peel shaped smile. So yeah, Trevette's working his sketch art magic and Dars is all like, that's it. That's him. And so they circulate this sketch. It's like, yeah, it looks really weird. They're sitting around like
2: the picnic table in front of their pink trailer which was at the start of the episode, which is where they live. And Alex is just hanging out there with Darcy and her mom, Cora. And they're like, hey, you know, we know it's tough, but we really think counseling's the best for you. I know you went and you just couldn't take it, but you're going to need to work through this stuff. And it's good to know that there are other people out there with these problems and people that have gone through this before that can help you. And she's kind of like, you know, you forced me to go there. And she's like, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. And, you know, like, her mother can't convince her to go. Alex, who is, you know. Hashtag old friend. Hashtag old friend. Can't convince her to go. I don't know if there's anybody else who could actually convince her to go. Uh, Enter Walker. Yeah. So, Walker sits down at the picnic table with him and says, hey, look, Darcy. I'm going to catch these guys that did this to you, and I'm going to put them away. But... That's not going to fix the problems that you're going through right now. You know, the only way that you're going to be able to do that is to go to these meetings and to know that you're not alone.
1: Walker does her job better than you. (laughs) Darcy's mom and Alex, trying to convince her for days, brought her to the meeting. She left. She's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I hate this. (laughs) Right. Right. Walker shows up, convinces her right away. She's going back.
2: Yeah. She's like, all right. You know, if Walker (laughs) says it, I'll go. All right. At the same time, I kind of commend them for for making that point that, you know, we're about to uh, swing a bunch of roundhouse kicks
0: on these guys, but that's not going to solve the issue. Now that Walker's got his uh, super awesome uh, sketch that uh, Trevette was able to make up, now they go for shakedown number two at the red jacket. So they go back down to the club and uh, the club owner sees the Dodge Ram pull in and he's like, tell him I'm not here. And uh, he goes and hides in the back room. <laughs> the two bouncers come out, and they're like two like soft goobers, and uh, they try to stop Walker and Trivette. But Walker dispatches one very quickly, and the other one, he just like punches him in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think he grabs him by the broken nose. And that brings us to our
2: Walker-stration of the week done by front of the show Adam Lortz, uh, which will be on our social media I'm gonna pull it up here, and uh Bob maybe you can describe this epic
0: shot,
1: yeah, I got your nose <laughs> I got your nose
0: <laughs> it's uh you know how you know you can sometimes add insult to injury. Walker often adds injury to injury <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hashtag injury to injury, <laughs> <laughs> and he uh grabs his dude by the nose and uh tells him to tell him where his boss is. And uh, then Walker and Trebek go right back to the back office and uh, get the club owner to come out. And he offers zero resistance. Yeah, he pretty much is like, okay. But they show him the the sketch and he claims he doesn't know who that person is. So then the Rangers, then, uh, you know, they get the sketch out to the news outlets. But uh, they get it out to the news outlets a little after the trio of rapists uh have another victim, and this time, unfortunately, they overdose this person with roofies. So then we get to finally see the the three criminals at their day job, <laughs> right. which is basically just acting like a bunch of D bags at a construction site. And they're they're going into like one of the trailers, but they're throwing back
2: long necks. Oh yeah, you gotta I mean, where's the foreman on this job? It's Wade.
1: Yeah, Wade claims he (laughs) is the foreman. Yeah. So that's why his buddies get to eat lunch in the trailer drinking beers while all the other guys are out there in the hot sun. All right.
2: Maybe I can
0: understand why his two friends hung out with him if they're like, hey, we can get a paycheck and just drink beers all day. Right. That is pretty sweet. So, you know, they're having a hard time because the one guy who actually has a sketch of him out there is like. You guys don't have a sketch of you out there. And they're like, oh, it doesn't even look like you at all. Like, it's no big deal. You're fine. <laughs> They'll never find us. The cops don't have anything on us. We go back to the rape support group, which, you know, uh, this is what, our third time there now. And uh, Darcy is uh, bullied again into speaking up. So Darcy gets pissed and uh, tries to leave when her mother stands up. And drops the bombshell of the episode, which shouldn't have come as a surprise to either of you guys. It certainly didn't come as a surprise to me. But the mom says that she was a survivor. Then the the mother tells the story of her abuse from when she was a child from a relative or something, which is super messed up.
2: Honestly, I totally was blindsided by the fact that she was a survivor. And I gotta say... This is the best performance in this episode. Like her acting chops in this section. This woman is an amazing actress. Yeah. Very good. Uh, good. Rosanna Desoto And this kind of like monologue she does. It's a terrible topic, but I actually rolled a tear.
1: It was good that they didn't botch this, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah. She tells her experience and kind of is like, hey, I understand what, what you went through. I'm here for you. And I'm telling my story, even
0: though I've never told it before now you can tell yours uh meanwhile walker and trevette are fielding leads that they get and um walker's trying to figure out how it's going and trevette's like well this this one guy there have been multiple calls about him and walker gets another call about the guy and he's a construction worker so they go down to the work site to check him out they come face to face with the trio of skis bags one of whom is working on the actual site and the other two are more of a supervisory role but it becomes pretty obvious these guys are guilty because they ascribe to the what seems to be kind of the the Texas way of life which is if a Texas Ranger shows up and you're not really happy about them being there tell someone to try to kill them walker is like
2: interrogating the guy they had the sketch of and he's like oh i saw that on the news that's not me. It just must. It just looks like me. I, I don't know. And then, and then the foreman comes over, who is one of the members of the uh, nightclub rapists or whatever it's called. You know, now the three guys you're looking for are all standing right in front of you, Walker. And the foreman's like, "Oh, well, look, he's got to get back to work." And Marker's like, "No, not until I'm done talking to him." And he's like, "No, go back to work, man." And Walker's like, "No." And then the foreman's like, "Hey." Hammer, I think these guys are starting trouble over here. Didn't you see them start trouble? And Hammer's like this giant beastly construction worker who was holding a hammer, right? And pretty much they're just saying, Hammer, go at Walker. And as a
0: viewer, you're kind of like, please. But uh, Walker dispatches Hammer quite quickly by grabbing his finger, pulling it back viciously, and telling him, drop the hammer, Hammer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which might be the quote of the episode here. It definitely is. Meanwhile, Trevette dispatches a couple guys who are coming in for him with a, with a high kick. Oh, that was so tasty. For the record, the guy who plays Hammer does stunts for 196 episodes of Walker Texas Ranger, as well as Walker Texas Ranger 3 Deadly Reunion and Top Dog and Forest Warrior. Wow. Give this guy a shout out. All right. This guy's name is Winston West. Oh, wow. That's pretty epic. He's in Skyjack. He's a passenger on the plane in Skyjack. Oh, my God. And it says, did you know on Walker, Texas Ranger, he was both a stunt performer and also an executive assistant to Chuck Norris. We got to get this guy on the cast.
1: He's like Chuck Norris's best friend. There's no way we're getting him on.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, after the Rangers leave, because they've got no no discernible lead but obviously they know someone's guilty because the suspects just tried to attack Texas Rangers the trio are now like hanging out after work drinking some beers and they're like oh man they're really onto us now like and Wade just he just jumps to it you know a Walker Texas Ranger episode isn't a Walker Texas Ranger episode without you know it's a 40 minute episode so things have to escalate very quickly if you don't double down on the blasphemy (laughs)
2: <laughs> right. then uh it's not a walker texas ranger episode.
0: Right. So they're like, <laughs> well, there's only one natural thing to do, that would be to try to kill Darcy.
1: Yeah, she knows too much.
0: Yeah, as soon as we kill her, like our problems will go away. Oh. Yeah. Uh meanwhile, uh Walker and Trevet, they feel like they might be able to get a bit more information from the uh, owner of Club Red Jacket. So they get his address and they just like hang out outside of his place. And Walker's like, Trevette, tell me why we can't go in right now. This is to illustrate
2: how much Walker really wants to bust these people. I guess it was that monotone line that was supposed to tell us his passion in, in busting this guy. So much passion. Please
0: tell me why I can't go in right now, Trevette. Trevette's like, well, we don't have probable cause, so we can't go in. Hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this uh, sick firebird pulls in and um they're like oh isn't this that skeezy drug guy we busted a while back and is like run his plates and uh they're running his plates uh which nowadays would basically just be someone punching something into a computer but Trevette has to call in the plates to headquarters and then wait for them to like get a fax from somewhere else or something
2: right so he enters the house and uh, he goes to the the nightclub guy and is like, "Hey, I need some more of those roofies." And we're like, "Oh, wow! There's like a roofies ring." And the guy's like, "Sorry, man, I gotta cool off on that for a little bit."
1: No, he's like, "He's like, get out of here. Wait your turn."
2: Right. <laughs> oh, right. God.
1: And he throws him onto a water bed. You guys pick up on that? I missed yes.
2: that.
1: <laughs> he throws him a bed, and you can see it's like a water bed. And like, oh <laughs> God, these oh, <90s." laughs>
0: Anyways, this guy, uh, the skeezy guy gets his roofies and is leaving in his Pontiac when the run on the plates finally comes back and they're like, oh, yeah, he's like in uh, violation of his parole. Go get him. So in classic Texas Ranger fashion, things escalate immediately and a car chase <laughs> ensues, which um, is pretty epic. This might be the best car chase
2: we've seen on Walker This Ranger. Boy, you think Ooh,
1: so? I don't know about that. That's a pretty big statement. It was good. This was really good. To me, it seemed pretty pretty normal. I mean, he's chasing this guy. They're ripping around corners. The camera work I thought was wild. I thought it was actually really good. Yeah. Like zooming in on the tires and stuff as they're whipping around corners. And like, we
0: might add that the director of this episode was Michael Priest. just for the record. Yeah, there you go. Let me also add that this junkie looks like Jared Padalecki. I'm just saying.
1: Ooh, okay. I could see that. Okay.
0: So this has a pretty fiery conclusion.
1: How does this one conclude? Well, before the conclusion, though, uh, the best part I thought before that was, for some reason, they go down into some ravine, and this kind of had some like sneaky Terminator Two vibes to me. Do you guys? Oh yeah, that, right? yeah,
0: it's like the L.A.
1: River. Yeah. yeah, they're screaming down through this like puddle. And I'm just like, why would that guy go down there in this rear wheel drive Trans Am being chased by Walker in a Dodge Ram truck? I mean, this guy clearly doesn't know what he's doing.
0: Oh, Were you guys so impressed good. by one of the shots? I was impressed to see one of the shots where you see Chuck Norris's face and then it pans over and you see the windshield, but the wipers going in mud all over it. So at some point, Chuck Norris was actually driving like down there in the mud. Oh, doing yeah. the stunts. Yeah. Yeah. I but there was also another point where the bad guy's car
2: was driving down the wrong way of the street and was head on with a Mack truck. <laughs> and the perspective was he pulled out of the way just in time from being hit.
0: Yeah. It was, yeah, no. it uh, was really yeah. good. We know from Mignon that that's a classic shot where they take that shot. Uh, the camera's way far away. So the perspective makes it looks like, look like it's much closer than it is. Either way, though still
2: still awesome that they actually did it, and there were multiple changes of like of terrain within like three minutes like it was it wasn't boring. This car chase wasn't boring. it was all over the place, and it was awesome,
0: yeah. He squeezes through like one of the partitions on a bridge, so like there's sparks flying,
1: yeah, and Walker went up and out of the ravine because he's like, there's no way the ram's fitting through there. The trans Am barely barely fit through there so. I'm going up and around. And then did he go back down in? Oh, yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: saying, this is one of the best car chases we've seen on the podcast yet.
1: It's pretty good. So it,
0: it concludes with the junkie trying to jump over the uh, trailer portion of a truck delivering glass bottles of water for water bubblers. <laughs> um, Conveniently. But he, he falls a little short and smashes through them, causing glass and water to fly everywhere. But it hits the water bottles, it blows up. Right, right.
1: Which makes zero sense. I actually had to rewind this one. (laughs) First of all, I have no idea how he jumped. Right. It seems like he was heading right towards the side of the truck, and all of a sudden he's going up and over it. You know, Bob, he was going going really fast. Right, exactly. I'll I'll let that one go. Uh, But when he crashed into the water (laughs) bottles, the explosion, a little bit of a head scratcher
2: and i was expecting for when it hit the ground there would be a bigger explosion right right but we don't get that and almost what we get is better because the car flips over this water <laughs> bottle truck and then does like more flips somehow Rolling it's like it's like wow i'm like it's building up for this epic explosion the car doesn't explode walker and Trevette pull up in the truck and they just
0: pull the bad guy out of the car he's not hurt at all And did you guys get, like, Lone Wolf McQuaid vibes on this car chase? This is a character we've never seen before, just like the car chase in Lone Wolf McQuaid. Yeah. He's, like, obviously got some wily moves to him. He puts on a crazy car chase. It ends in, like, a fire explosion, but somehow the guy survives, and they get information from him. It, yeah, exactly. It, but <laughs> they didn't have, you know, Dakota interrogate him back at the ranch, unfortunately. They didn't have time for that. I know. After this epic car chase, the guy's just like, okay, yeah, fine, you got me. And they're like, oh, he's, he's got uh, some drugs in his sock. Oh, they're, they're roofies. <laughs> he's got, he's got, like, 500 roofies on his ankle. It's like,
2: yeah, in his sock. And and they're like, oh, and you got these from the club owner, right? And he's like, yeah,
0: actually, yeah. I did. Yep. <laughs> so they, they're they able to bust that guy, but he's not giving him anything. But uh, they get a phone call from uh, the guy whose sketch they have. His name is Joey. He's like, oh, you know, I, I it's taking it too far. And, you know, I don't want them to get her or something like that. And they're like, okay, well, where are you at? And he's like, oh, I'm at the job site. And they're like. Okay, we'll be right there. And so they show up to the job site, and they find Joey just hanging with a noose around his neck, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty dark. And it's Yeah, this this makes zero sense to me. I don't understand this.
1: No, because like, he called in kind of a, a panic, right? He called to help them. Right, but then the other two guys, I think, found out that he called, and then they kind of staged the hanging. That's my guess. Yeah. That's how I write it anyway. It just because seems, they, they thought that he was going to turn them in right. and not go and kill the girl. They must have caught him in the act of calling them or something. And then they're like, well, let's just make it look like this guy killed himself. They so, were hiding
2: behind one of the pillars at the construction site while he made the phone call to Walker. They overheard it. And then they rigged up, you know, a, you a know, noose.
1: We didn't have time to see this because we were too busy at car chase. Right. So I'll accept that. (laughs) And
2: no complaints here. We didn't need to see that. We needed that car chase.
0: It's a classic example of Walker, Texas Ranger, forcing the viewer to make assumptions. Yeah. Exposition versus action. We're going to go with action every time. So they're standing there looking at a dead guy who's hanging from a rafter. And then they're like, he said they're going to go after her. (gasps) It's Darcy. There's a long pause there. Like there literally is like,
2: they said they're going to go after her. And then there's like a beat where it's like, who's her? (laughs) And the viewer's like, dude, it's Darcy. And then like,
0: oh, could it be Darcy? Of course it is, dude. Well, anyways, they rush over to uh, Darcy and Cora's double wide. But it's uh, not a moment too soon because uh, we see Wade and his compatriot cutting a telephone wire and um, tying up cora and darcy and uh pouring gasoline all over the inside of the place and uh you know they turn on the gas stove and uh set the place on fire and they're just leaving when uh, walker and trevette show up and start uh busting some skulls and there are some
2: shots in this that are kind of amazing as far as kicks and punches and stuff like They're on the front lawn just bashing it out. The two rapists are fighting Walker and Trivette on the front lawn. And Chuck Norris does this amazing kick on one of the guys, right? And the perspective shot on this is amazing. This should be a GIF of the week. You know what I'm talking about, Bob? You just saw this, right?
1: Oh, I know. But there can only be one GIF of the week. I don't think this is it. I mean, it was good. Yeah. So can you describe this kick? All right. So it's the finale kick, if you will. You know, the fatality. Uh, So it's the classic... Kick you once, kick you twice, kick ones, <laughs> I'm going to flip, turn around, to the roundhouse. Uh, that's all fine and good. I think the important part is the follow through and the camera work <laughs> yeah. that shows the guy just soaring through the air. <laughs> and it's, a, it's great. I mean, it looks like the guy falls from like five feet onto the ground.
2: <laughs> it actually looks like our podcast picture of the guy getting launched into the air by a
1: roundhouse kick. Different angle, but yeah, same uh, velocity. And trajectory. Uh, if you will, trajectory. Yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a result of the fact that Walker's having this fight, and he's kind of milking the fight. And then he realizes that the double wide's on fire, probably with um, his two friends inside. So he's got to end the fight pretty quick.
1: Yeah, he's going to wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that whole time I'm like, and they're fighting outside. I'm like, um, guys, when are they going to notice that the trailer's on fire?
0: so he uh you know he dispatches the bad guys then runs in and realizes what's going on he starts uh working on trying to get darcy out and trevette comes in too and i don't know if it's uh, clarence gilliard or a stunt double but they're like you know they're actually like going into a building that seems to be yeah they had to dodge flames to get right into the like building, partially right? if not totally on fire Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, it looked like them running through yeah pretty legit and then uh, they're able to jump out of the door just as the place blows up. And you know, let's face it. Raise your hand if you thought that place was gonna blow as soon as you saw it, as soon as you saw it in the episode. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like a Pepto-Bismol pink double <laughs> yeah, wide trailer. Yeah, that thing I is actually gone. Didn't, but that
1: makes all the sense in the world now. Yeah, they're like, oh, we bought this like little, you know, double wide on this little lot. We're gonna blow that thing <laughs> up. <Blow Big laughs> that time. There's nothing else
2: around it. <laughs> <laughs> and they did it just as they're getting out of it classic it just blows out behind them as they get out and um wow epic just epic finale there
0: yeah that about sums up this episode i'd love to give a shout out to our friend and collaborator adam Lauritsen, who's been drawing the amazing walker strations on our social media be sure to check out his other art on instagram at adamagination When we come back, it'll be time for us to each rate a silent cry on a scale of 0 to 10 boots to the face, resulting in our patented Roundhouse Roulette episode ranking, the complete results of which are available on our website, roundhouseroulette.com. Don't go
1: away. Excuse me, sir. I'm looking for Evan Dalton. Oh, that's him over
2: there creeping out park goers with his roving binoculars. Ugh.
1: Oh, uh, Mr. Dalton? What's it to you, ranger? we have been receiving complaints from patrons of the Red Robin Saloon of a man-child boring folks to death with scientific bird babble. Uh, this composite sketch of said man-child was released in multiple Plymouth County periodicals.
0: Well, it looks nothing like me. I mean, that looks like some sort of leprechaun or something. <sighs> oh, did you hear that? That's a Bubo Virginianus. It's probably got some sort of breeding territory nearby.
1: All right, shut it, Dalton. You're not going to bore me to death with bird talk like you did those innocent bar folk. They may be drinkers, but they're also human beings.
0: What's a Texas Ranger going to do about it in Yankee territory? Aren't you out of your jurisdiction? Let me see your badge. Hey, you're no stinking ranger.
1: Well, although I'm not an official ranger, I'm loosely affiliated as I co-host a Walker Texas Ranger podcast. Speaking of which... We here at Roundhouse Roulette have pledged to deliver the light of Walker, Texas Ranger to the world. If you'd like to join us in that mission, please share the pod with a friend. Or leave us a kind review on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps other Walkerites find the cast. If you'd like to further support the show, be sure to check out our fine apparel and vintage action figures at roundhouseroulette.com. Or join the fun on our Patreon page. Most importantly, though, we thank you for listening. Evan? Mr. Dalton? I know. I must have bored him to death. Wow. The buzzards are circling already. Guess I'll let Mother Nature take its course. Karma is one mean... Uh,
0: welcome back. Yeah, what would you think of this one, man? (sighs) Uh, it's a complicated one. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I'll say... Again, I I think that Walker, Texas Ranger, in a lot of ways, kind of plays that role of, like, grandparents, the world isn't what it used to be. These are the things that are going on out there. There are gang wars out there. Let's tell you about that. You know, there are um, problems with domestic abuse. And, oh yeah, there's also this problem of uh, school violence, or in this case date rape drugs as well so let's tell you the finer points of that because you might not have gotten that from your uh, daily life or from some of the news outlets that you follow so walker is being your informational uh, outlet of course it's a bit dated and a bit behind the times and uh, i wouldn't call it a a law and order-esque ripped from the headlines type deal but you know they were trying they were trying That said, never a huge fan of um, seeing any sort of uh, sexual abuse on a TV show. And uh, the last place I would really expect to see it is an episode of Walker, Texas Rangers. So got to dock at some significant points on that, only because I think they kind of um, dealt with an extremely serious issue in the context of an action-adventure Western procedural. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All of that out of the way, it had fights, it had explosions, and it had a sick car chase. So, like, I can't totally pan pan the thing. Um, But, like, you know, you got to think back to the fact that, like, they were bullying an abuse survivor. And so, I don't know. I guess I give this, I give it a six. And I think that's being fair. As far as walker action goes, it's pretty epic. But, like... The subject matter and the non-Walker action, not that great.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in that ballpark with you there. As you had mentioned to us previously, this episode encompasses pretty much every aspect of Walker, Texas Ranger in one episode. It's got the uh, moral lesson, which I guess is social awareness about this issue, and also being open to help from social groups, I guess that would be the main bitter pill lesson that the the episode tries to tries to teach, um, while dealing with a horrific social topic such as rape. Terrible. At the same time, it has Walker being the best at everything he does, doing his job better than anybody else. It's got an amazing car chase. It's got explosions. It's got a shakedown. It's got fights where he actually does roundhouse kicks. It's got the old friend situation. The episode's based around somebody that Walker knows from a previous life.
1: Can we call him an old friend if they didn't die? Good question.
2: I I
0: think so. I think
2: so. (laughs) And honestly, I can't believe it, but I actually teared up during this episode because that actress's performance was so good that I was like, wow, you kind of sold me on this terrible topic in a Walker episode. So, for that reason only, I'm going to go seven on this one.
1: Wow. You guys both surprised me on this one. Well, I agree with many of your points, and I do think that they actually handled everything. Of all the touchy subjects that we've seen them try to tackle, I'd say this is probably one of the better ones.
2: Better handled.
1: Yeah, yeah. They've handled <laughs> for the show, better. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, no, not the actual thing, you monster. God. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I will say, like, the concept of a date rape drug seems like something they can kind of, like, oh, we understand this. This is a drug that's, like, used for nefarious purposes, as opposed to, like, other drugs where they really don't talk about why they're used, which is for the user's pleasure.
1: Right, (laughs) right. They're like,
0: yeah, we don't understand that. But the date rape thing, we're like, yeah, this is bad. Yeah, it's kind of like Walker is usually
2: best when, like, the bad guy is just like a generic bad guy or a generic drug or something that he can punch his way through. But Walker, to the credit of the show, literally says, I can't punch my way to victory on this.
1: I mean, he tries, but. He kind of does, but okay. Sorry to interrupt. It was handled better than other topics, but I still, I feel like maybe it's just been a while since I've had a, a lot, like, I just need absurd fights. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. need things just a little more over the top. So I had a four for this one.
0: And, you know, And not a lot of people want to watch Walker SVU. So I get it. Exactly. All right. Well, that gives this episode a roundhouse rating of 5.666 boots to the face. Ah! And uh, I think we can all agree that uh, we'll be guarding our craft brews from here on out. But uh, let us know what you think on social media or by emailing us at roundhouseroulette at gmail.com. Or you can leave a comment on our website, roundhouseroulette.com. And when we come back, we'll be spinning that roundhouse roulette wheel and selecting our next episode. And we're back. Bobby. ready to spin that thing? Let's do this.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Ooh. Have we seen this one yet? I don't think we
1: have.
2: No, this is the uh, two-parter that introduces Trent and Carlos, the Sons of Thunder. All right, I'm listening. Okay. Sons of Thunder, part one. Walker encourages his deceased friend's son, Trent Malloy, to join the police force, unaware that there's a vicious cop killer on the loose. Nice. Wow. Okay, so we're jumping right into the origin of Sons of Thunder, uh, Walker's... Only spinoff series.
1: To date. Only to date.
0: Yeah, yeah. To date. All right. Well, we hope you join us next time when we share our reactions to Season 5, Episode 24, Sons of Thunder. Share your opinions with us on Facebook and on Instagram at Roulette and on Twitter at Pod. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your fine podcast. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may the eyes, eyes of the ranger, ranger be upon you. you. You're a
2: dick, look behind you. Oh, cause that's where the Rangers gonna be.